1: Welcome inside the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show. You could always listen to us on the normal DA show podcast feed, but also on its own podcast feed. So if you want to just search for permission granted podcast because you listen to the show live, you could do so by simply searching permission granted and find us there. Rate and review that as well. If you haven't already, that would help us out, help other people find the podcast. Moraz joins me now, and I think we're in for a good side B, at least good for me, because <laughs> when we wake up and we log on to the Internet for the first time, we're all in the same G chat. And Moraz, the first thing I saw when I logged on today was Moraz saying, I was not going to do swing or a miss today, but DA had two walk-off bat flips. So I don't know if those were from today's show sheet or this week's two show sheets. But I'm excited to know that I had a couple of bat flips.
3: Well, one was definitely from Tuesday's show sheet. I had one reserved, and we had done Side A last week where we openly discussed the future of Swinger and Miss, really, and how we believed it worked. And I don't know if you noticed last week, I was able to figure out how to run the music throughout the entirety Mm -hmm. of it. So the production was a little better. But even with that, I kind of thought I would settle on, all right, now let's try to do it maybe once a month and kind of pick or choose and see where we go. And if I have to expand it beyond five, maybe we do it once a month and do eight. These are all things we're thinking, yada, yada, yada. But today, I thought there was a second bad flip of the week. And I said, you know what? Even if the plan moving forward is to maybe do once a month,
2: hmm.
3: how do I not at least give you going out on the weekly portion of this a high note hmm. when you did have two bad flips in one week? And I really wanted to get Bogus' thoughts on them. so. We are going to let it roll one more time with swing or a miss before making it maybe in every three-week and every four-week thing a little bit later on in the show.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's that's nice because, you know, early on I was getting roasted pretty good, so I'm happy to see that there could be a couple bat flips in here. Now, I want to go back to something that happened on Monday's show, which it would have lasted longer except this is when I zapped out, is for some reason over the last three weeks or so I've had, two separate power surges where I've lost power for just temporary time but that resets all my equipment so that I drop off the line and as right. this happened yesterday is when we were discussing your takedown Friday of Bilotti, and then you talking to your parents on Saturday and I have to say I I would have bet a million bucks that your mom would have said you shouldn't make fun of Sean you shouldn't make fun of Pete like that Sean because You know, you wouldn't like that done to you or whatever. I've heard Nancy be very defensive, protective of people that you've made fun of. What was it about about this takedown that made Nancy go the other way and say that you're being unfairly criticized?
3: Well, I I don't think it should be said. I don't think that she I was in the right in taking down Pete. That was not the standpoint. I think the spin, if you will, the spin zone once we were in the grasp of the tackle (laughs) was more or less, hey, you shouldn't have done that to Pete, but there's always that, you know, the but, boy, how sensitive is Pete? That That kind of was the run with it, if you will. Yes, you shouldn't have said what you said, but boy, Pete, can he take a joke or boy, he probably isn't as smart of you because did you notice how he wouldn't take you up on that? It was kind of, if you will, a post-game reaction to, you know, if you look at the Monday night game, right? Daniel Jones made these interceptions, but if they they call pass interference there, then it's a different game. And I think it was the but that really became more of the focus on the conversation (laughs) and not so much saying that I was in the right.
1: Let me ask you, do you think your mom is easily influenced by schmoozing? I say this because Hmm. I've been to Bob's bar and he who shall not be named was definitely schmoozing your mom. And the moment I walked in, it was you will not ban him from the show. And yet when (laughs) Bilotti gets absolutely pummeled by you, she is there to defend you and not Pete. Do you think Pete needs to politic more with your mom?
3: I think so. I I think my mom is definitely easily influenced. And this is probably a sad portion of the Mraz house, if you will, and Bob's Bar, in that I think whenever there's angst or frustration amongst the Mraz's, it is my mom who takes the brunt of it because I think she tries to play both sides. If I'm angry at my sisters or my sisters are angry at me or somebody's angry at my dad. Now, you know, the normal family <laughs> nonsense where everybody's fine 15 minutes. It's my mom's interjecting and, if you will, sometimes unsensible understanding of why anybody's annoyed that always leads everybody to unite and be, you know, fighting with my mom at some point. Really? So your and, mom
1: will, will take the fall to take on everybody's I think frustration?
3: so. I think my mom sometimes unfairly, uh, if you will, gets the brunt of anybody being angry with anybody in the family because she tries to stick it. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is if she has somebody go out of her way for the first time to not focus on me, my sister, my dad, and be very nice to her and schmooze her up a bit the way a he who could not be named, that is it. She is forever indebted to those people. So if that were to happen with a Pete the Body, then there is a good chance she would take Pete the Body side over anything having to do with me
1: interesting so she's that easily swayed
3: i think she is i think she is right i mean i mean to be honest with you i i'm completely honest not to take a you know page out of election day my mom probably could go online to vote right now have a conversation with five different people and decide right then and there who she's voting and be swayed on who was nicer <laughs> to her like that is she's easily swayed there's no
1: question she's a swing vote
3: she's a de- Right. She's the exact person you want living in Pennsylvania. That's exactly <laughs> exactly what's going on.
1: And and how about your dad? Where did your dad stand on the takedown of Pete? Because you lumped your dad and your mom uh, together. in this.
3: Yeah, my dad was more pizza, baby. That's all pizza, baby. That's it. Pete Nice guy, but he's a baby. Can't can't take any jokes. You, can, you know how to take jokes. He doesn't know how to take any jokes. That's, uh, we just kept getting all of that. And then, But my dad really lost me. As a matter of fact, I watched the Giant Buck game with him because he, this story came up more. This is still a conversation because my mom's still unhappy that uh, the, the insurance thing with the art project keeps getting brought up. She was unhappy with that because she thinks all these years later that the, because they didn't call the cops and they went through insurance that the cops are going to find her. I said, Mom, this accident happened in 1994. I don't think the police care anymore. It was a little rear-end job. Uh, but my dad brought it up again, and he brought up now that this DJ Tommy D comes into his store, this freaking guy, and now he's piling on St. Pete's a baby, which makes me feel like Pete's not a baby because I'm never going to side with DJ Tommy D. So there's a lot that's happened here. We are living – this show is basically being treated like it's The Bachelor of The Bachelorette through Foodtown Ridge, and through West Babel on Long Island. Everybody's got an opinion. It's like watching Survivor. <laughs>
1: So what is your mom more embarrassed by the story about her ripping up your her ripping up your art project when you got into a fender bender and she needed it to write insurance information on or the wedding fart that was ultimately hers that she pinned on you for 20 years.
3: So here's the deal with the wedding fart. Eric, It's a monumental moment in my life, clearly and a monumental, I think (laughs) shift in discussing the family dynamic that I come from in the show. But My mom, one of two things has happened with the fart story. She has either happened to be the one day where she's missed it and has just not picked up on us hammering it or B, is so mortified by it that she refuses to acknowledge it was discussed because she doesn't want any further discussion on it. So she's trying to bury it. So I would say she – I can't say that she's embarrassed by the fart story because she's not talking about it. The artwork story – Yesterday, it really hit home for her on Monday when I saw her because it was it was both, uh, did you really not like art because of that? Like trying to get inside my mind if she really messed up as a parent. And then also, you need to stop talking about it because we never called the cops that day. And what if the cops <laughs> find out? And again, this happened, it had to have been the fall of like 1994. And she's worried about police getting wind of this not calling the cops on an accident.
1: Could you imagine the cops digging back in to... <laughs> a fender bender 25 <laughs> years ago and feeling like this is it's... this is the project they want to take up they want to do all right? the paperwork and reinvestigation of a fender bender 25 years ago
3: right of all the you know the police conversation that's gone on this is the investment in resources we need to go find that fender bender in massapequa long island in 94 how dare nobody call to figure <laughs> out who owes on the replaced muffler when they exchanged insurance on a ripped piece of a bad first grader's project.
1: I love that the storylines just keep writing themselves. So DJ Tommy D, he is now going into your, your dad's food town. He has takes on the show
3: absolute takes on the show it's like he you know when you watch well i guess you wouldn't you'd be the wrong person to ask because we make fun of you not like watching shows but it's like after a good hbo drama or a good episode of breaking bad how you can't wait to talk to your friends about it uh-huh. dj tommy d now basically is waiting to go into my dad's store until about ten ten a.m after he's digested the full four hours of the show and break it all down my dad is all my dad's trying to do is get the liver worst order in front of his head he needs to deal with this from dj tommy d but it is, it, it's is—it's suffocating. It's suffocating at Bay Ridge. These, these people can't get enough, the Foodtown shoppers. And it's really suffocating to me because I don't even have a normal conversations <laughs> with my parents anymore. It's like I'm doing a PGP five days a week whenever I see them.
1: <sighs> Which is also funny that today the turn back the clock or this date of mothership history was you spilling the beans on your confidence of the young guns going into the playoffs when you guys were on a no media, yes. ban from your team captain, and that they were so bothered by you guaranteeing a Super Bowl run or saying that you're a Pro Bowl caliber player that they that they benched you for the first the first week of or the first series in that series. week's action.
3: It was like a college football benching.
1: People forget how intense. Flag football was is a central point of this show, so much so that we've done a live broadcast out at one of your flag football games, and that Mr. Six's rivalry took over as a massive cornerstone storyline on the show.
3: you know it's so funny looking back the Mr. Six rivalry with the young guns, and of course, you know the fight that happened and then it was meant to be that we would see each other in a division playoff game, which led to the filming. I mean, for those who maybe weren't big fans of the show. That young gun dream run of the spring of a few years ago, maybe 2017, was unbelievable drama. And the kind of thing that, in hindsight, you look back and you remember what we dealt with for five months of no sports in the pandemic. I mean, that was so hyped that if that stuff was going on while no sports were going on now, I mean, it would be the lead on Jim Rome. It would be the lead on Tiki and Tierney. (laughs) if they were able to play the LIFFL and it was back with the Mist of Six rivalry, it would be unreal drama that I think we were a little ahead of because it would have fit the pandemic so perfectly. And it's just a forgotten storyline of the show because that news cycle keeps changing here.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you would be able to play Long Island flag football or any flag football during pandemic, but I think right. this might've been 2016. Okay. And in 2016, you, you were in the, I would say that was maybe your peak flag football days. You were still very active in terms of catching passes. I think the the supporting cast for you guys was very good. You had a couple of guys that had you had grown up with. It, it had become kind of peaking in their flag football careers. Some young guys recently graduated from high school or college. Oh, and so it niche. all kind of came together.
3: One of the great teams I was ever reported, no doubt.
1: And it became kind of a running storyline because I had played with you guys for one year, I think in 2014 and right. I had then bailed. And then you guys kind of <laughs> kept building the team together.
3: You, you were a part of one of the Dave Gettleman young gun. Years. <laughs> yeah. It was just real tough.
1: And you would tell us all about what happened on a Saturday, or what happened on a Sunday when we would come in on a Monday and you don't really do that anymore. And so I'm not as tapped in to right. what, what your series is like or your season. You took a season off. I, I kind of didn't even know if you were still playing. But at that time, it meant so much to you and those guys. And you had this game against a team called the Young... Uh, the, the Small the Blocks. Small Blocks, whose star player was a man who had nicknamed himself Mr. Six.
3: No, no, no. He was just six. You nicknamed him Mr. Six. And then he changed his nickname to Mr. Six (laughs) because he thought he was a celebrity for being on the show, and then he was Mr. Six.
1: So a man had nicknamed himself Six, and he is a tall, strong, muscular guy who had just, look, I played in this league. It's a lot of Joe mechanics. It's a lot of, you know, Johnny six-packs. And and I don't say (laughs) six-pack like abs. Like people are just drinking six-packs after the game you know, your normal rec football group of guys. And he was very obviously a natural athlete that looked far different than everybody else on the field. Well, he had played in a game against you guys and you guys had gotten into a bit of a, there's a bit of a fracas, maybe not a full out brawl, but there was a fracas there. Yes. He took a swing at you or took a swing at one of your teammates. You tried to hold him back. He took a swing at you, something like that. I
3: tried, well, nobody on his team was holding back and I didn't want my quarterback suspended so I came, the drama, and this is what caused him to come on the show, is I came at him from behind and kind of bear hugged him off and he didn't like that he was grabbed from behind and turned around and drilled me in the face and how this came to be if you remember, I had a giant gash across my nose like I was John Ritchie after playing fullback for the Eagles and you guys saw me all cut up and said, what the heck happened to you? And I had to tell you guys the story it led to you guys saying that you know I was in the wrong, who was in the wrong, can you grab somebody from behind which led to him being on the show and led to all of that drama.
1: Right. So we discussed at length this this altercation, the what happens to Mraz was he a bad teammate, was he a good teammate, what about 6? We called him Mr. 6. It ends up becoming such an intense soap opera story that Mr. 6 is a is a guest on the show over the phone, then he wants to come in or maybe you had to track him down on Facebook and he came in live in the studio, it builds up into a second meeting between the two teams in the playoffs of all places. Yes. And because it happens in the playoffs, I decide we're going to stream this live on Facebook Live. I'm going to go out there and call play-by-play as my buddy Pens does the the color on the broadcast. So We do a live game play-by-play on Facebook Live of this matchup, which had been built over weeks, if not months. And it turns out in the freaking game, Mr. Six tears his ACL and an ambulance has to be called. And there is actually like a major medical situation (laughs) unfolding in the middle of this matchup. It It was too much. And we had spent a lot of time talking about this. And, you know, I talk oftentimes about how I'm very happy at CBS because I don't have massive oversight. I've been at places where pds are like you should talk about this you can't talk about this this third segment of the third hour this was no good you should do this and that was always so oppressive to me and that i love that cbs is a very hands-off we trust you da do the show we think the show's good and you do what you think is good sometimes you get some feedback but at that time remember we had never been really reprimanded quite like this quote cut it out with the flag football too much flag football <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, it was a spring season, right? It wasn't during regular football.
3: No, we have a fall season and a spring season. This was the spring season. Absolutely was. It was a warm May or June day when we played that game.
1: Yes. And so, you know, I'm always kind of trapped in this. I'm trapped in this conundrum routinely because in 2016, there, it's, there's no way you could remember any one of our sports takes. I mean, maybe you melted down like you always melt down over a Giants loss. That's probably what happened. But there's no way over the course of from February 15th through Memorial Day 2016, I could pinpoint any of my takes. But we'll always talk about the year of the young guns and Mr. Six and small blocks and the flag football. Controversy, And so it's like, what is more worthy? Of course, you don't want your listeners to tune in on a random March day in 2016 and be like, oh, my God, I'm not getting anything on the NBA playoffs. And it's all flag football. But what's the value? Because four years later, it's the only thing to remember from those days. Sure.
3: No, you're right. And and even I will say this. It must have had value on the show, obviously, because we still talk about it. What happened that run? of the young guns at small blocks changed the actual flag football league forever, <laughs> DA. And I say that seriously, what you and Penns did has altered everything. To this day, every year since years 2017, 18, 19, 20, any division, whether you're the lowest division or you're the highest division, those championship games are now broadcast live on Facebook Live on the league's Facebook page with two announcers. That was never done before, but it got such positive feedback, what you and Penns had done, that the league said, this is a no-brainer. This is how we're going to attract new teams to sign up. If you make it to the championship, your game will be broadcast on Facebook. And so much so that on on, like, the individual league, like, members page, <laughs> games will be broadcast weekly by teams that will hire one of two now production teams that come no. in and shoot the games. I I kid you not. There are two production teams that have put themselves out there, former players who are good with iPhones and iMovie and cameras and stuff that now charge about $50 a game if your team would like your te- your game filmed and they will you know it's $10 more if you want them to insert the play by play and overlay it and 2 days later your game is completely available to watch online so that had never been done as well. Guys actually got out of playing and started production crew businesses based on the Young Gun Small Blocks broadcast on the DA show page. And the league does its own broadcast of championship games. None of that was a thing. Now, mind you, I played in this league since I was 16 in 2003. And none of that happened prior to you and Penn's calling the Young Gun Small Blocks game. Much like, you know, the TV sharing deal at Wellington Mara is credited for and revenue sharing in the NFL. The broadcast rights deal was changed forever in the Long Island Flair Football League due to that run of Mister Sixty Young Guns and the DA Show broadcasting the game.
1: This is wild. It only costs an extra ten bucks to have guys do play-by-play of your yeah. game.
3: Yes, yes. Now that is what they will do. Is that game won't be live? They'll film it and then pin it to a YouTube page and a uh, a Facebook page within a day or so and overlay the play-by-play. They'll have they'll go back in and post production and do that. And then the actual Super Bowls made by the league, those are broadcast live on Facebook. So either way, you know, games are available to watch for yourself online. I could probably send you a couple on YouTube as well. And it's all been done, and guys are making money and profiting off it, and teams are paying into it. And the whole basis, when you're, you're talking about the history of the league, we'll look back and realize it was the Young Gun Small Blocks game in the DA show that opened up people's eyes that this was an avenue the league should be attacking and people financially should be attacking. You created a new economic stream coming into the league. <laughs>
1: This is wild. I, I mean, this is really wild, because I can't. I remember me and Pence trying to get rosters, yeah. And like, I had to go ask guys individually, "What number are you wearing? And what's your name? What's your name? Do you have it? Do you have a you know full name or is it just a nickname? Like, are you just <laughs> right. tiny? Smooth
3: was the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> your full name."
1: And they had different jerseys, you know, nothing. They had a different t shirt. If one t shirt got dirty, it was impossible. I don't know how a full production team would have any semblance of an actual official roster.
3: Good question. I don't know because we haven't done that. To me, I'm loyal. If we have any game broadcast it's on the DA show page, but that we've seen the guys, they're there with their tripods and they're always posting you know, on these Facebook pages, hey, you know, we're ne- you know, you want us to hire, here's our our resume, and these guys these guys are getting hired and, and then the company is growing. It's unbelievable.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, I'm glad that it had a lasting legacy and now. You're gonna have to tell later,
3: Penns you're gonna have to tell Penns that when you look back at the history of the league, the first ever broadcasted game, it's it's completely changed forever.
1: He will listen to this PGP by tomorrow at three o'clock, and it's only not today by three o'clock because of the election. He would have listened to it within hours of it being posted, anyway. So I don't even have to text him.
3: <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Okay, well, coming up here next, perhaps the final swing or a miss for a couple of weeks. I'm trying to go out in a blaze of glory.
3: Howdy, doody do. Welcome to November. I am Mraz. I'm the host of Side B of the PGP or co-host. Along with Andrew Bogish. We have hit the month of the turkey, the month of the bird. We've turned away from the month of the ghosts. And it
0: is falling full swing. Bogish, hello, how are you? Are you tired or is this like a smooth jazz open? This is a very sp- laid back, subdued, um, <laughs> almost cool voice out of you today when normally we're getting the Wild Wild West intro. Look, I like people keeping people on their toes. And I thought I would go a little more smooth, a little more
3: delicate, a little more, hey, it's a little chill vibe right. here. How you doing? This is Moraz. Leon Side Bridges B. is
0: next on 105.7. The right. sound.
3: Stay out. tuned. We're going to be eating that
0: turkey on Thanksgiving in three weeks. How are you? That's kind of what I was going for. By the way, have we discussed the fact you, you love the everything but the bagel seasoning oh. from Trader Joe's? Gotta they have, have it. a Thanksgiving one now. Have you had it yet? I, do, I have not. I have not. What's in this Thanksgiving seasoning? Tickle it's, me. I mean, it's every, I think I think they call it everything but the turkey, but it just it tastes like if you make one of your leftover sandwiches Thanksgiving night the next day and just crumple it into a ball and make it into into seasoning. It just tastes like Thanksgiving. Huh. So what would you put that on? Like a like a turkey burger? Um yeah I mean we've I what did I have it on last week like we put it in some, on some kind of vegetable last week I can't remember now like to season of like a roasted vegetable um and maybe on some chicken as well it's new we've only we've only had it for a week so we haven't really gone o- too deep in it. Everything but the leftovers. My wife is texting me from the other room what it's called. Everything but the leftovers. Everything And but it's the delicious. Okay. I'm intrigued. See, every week we've been asking for football foods in a week, and now
3: you're dropping a seasoning bomb on me. Maybe I can get that. Like a whoop something else. And maybe we come up with a little something-something for the listeners, folks. Yeah. Throw a little bacon on there, and you're done. How about With bacon. With, with bacon. bacon. So now it should be noted we haven't really talked since the Katie Linendahl Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, Your thoughts, top to
0: bottom, on everybody's costumes? I mean, nobody else's matters because of what Katie did, and I just I don't I don't. uh, Her commitment is like inexplicable to Halloween period, and then to us specifically, like the fact that you would know this better. I I I feel like she drove a long time to get to Da's house after being in makeup for four hours to be on our show at 8 a.m. So I don't like, did, did they not go to sleep the night before? Did they wake up at 2 a.m. and well, do four hours of makeup and then drive to DA's house in that ridiculous costume? Ridiculously good? I mean, it's just, I, I wouldn't do that for the show, which pays me and keeps my, like, my life going. She's just doing it for fun, which is amazing. Well, it should be, you know, Katie owns a house in Boston. She's talked about this. That's where she hands out the big
3: bars and does all the trick-or-treating. She's obviously in New York City a bunch uh, doing so many TV hits. It's, you know, her second home, basically. She's originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. She's kind of all over the map. But I believe ahead of the DA show appearance that she got a hotel somewhere. But the problem is, like you mentioned, Diaz is not exactly, you know, living in a town with a Hilton right up the block. So you have to go a long ways no matter where she was coming from to do what she did. And then not only, you know, folks, we've all been there with Halloween costumes, whether we're in our you know, early 20s and going to these crazy parties, whether we're kids going trick or treating or whether we're adults now getting dressed in the family costumes of the kids. Right. You have all these phases of costumes. Often you just throw on the costume, you take your picture, you have a good time, you have a couple laughs. She goes into full character with her costume. Like, she was the Penguin from Batman. That wasn't Katie dressed as the Penguin. She was the Penguin.
0: And that was her costume for us, uh, for it us, wasn't right. her Halloween costume that she was going to wear a couple no. of times. She and put was, that, that was nose her spectacular costume. She had a different Halloween. Right, she costume. had other costumes, which I'm I'm assuming were just as elaborate and just as expensive and just as time consuming for other things she did all of last week through the weekend. I mean, it's just she's she's too good to be true.
3: She is an unbelievably great Halloween traditional goddess I think is the way I would describe Katie Linendoll. all right well without further ado we got a couple minutes to play with here bogues uh, we're gonna try to do swing or miss maybe once a month after this but I thought this was a hot week for da sizzling sizzling so it's swing or a miss were da's headlines
2: clever or Corny Swing and a miss. It's swing or a miss. Moraz's bright idea only on the PGP.
0: All right. How did you like my sizzling sound effect there, folks? Yeah, it threw me off a little bit. I got to be honest. I it didn't. I didn't. It, it, it went past me. I, you got to work on that for next week. Can you give me a sizzle? What would you do for a sizzle? You got to. I think you got to sell the like the s- sizzle more you were, really, you were just kind of making an s sound i don't think there's enough kind of actual sizzle in your sizzle
3: that sounded like bacon at denny's that was great that was right great. there you go all right well we got three swings two of which i think are bad flips and two misses so you know what if we're going to do this once about i'm going to end with the swings put the a in a good mood tidy it up let him head into november feeling real good about himself peacocking so let's start with two misses here bogues for me I'm going to go to last Thursday. Baker Mayfield responding to questions about Odell Beckham Jr. And maybe the Browns being better off without him. By the way, newsflash. We ended up finding out Sunday versus the Raiders. They are not. Uh, The question was, is Mayfield being overdramatic? Great talk topic. The headline, sensitivity training. I didn't like this miss for me, Bogues. I think the main reason I didn't like it, it kind of just felt like you know, you're caught up trying to do whatever workplace training you need to make sure you can continue to be employed at your job. Sensitivity training, I get it, is Baker being too sensitive, being overdramatic. I would have played off Baker or Mayfield. He's got a good name to play off things. I would have went with half-baked. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, or, or something OBJ-themed as well, since it's right. connected to, to Beckham. I, yeah, I, like I, I thought when I saw this that I was missing something. Like I knew what the topic was. And I knew that it kind of fit, but I was, like, looking for a deeper meaning. But this is just a very top-level, like, vanilla sensitivity train. Like, there's no play on words. There's no innuendo. There's no secondary meaning. So, yeah, I I thought
2: this one was just very,
0: very blah. Miss for me in votes.
2: The pitch. Swing and a miss, and he went down to his knees swinging at that pitch.
3: All right. Second one I want to go to. How about Monday's show? This one I didn't get at all. This one felt like a reach because D A was trying to play to me loving food. Uh, the Titans lose to the Bengals. Don't gotta tell me I was knocked out of my knockout pool with that. Also lost the parlay thanks to it. Thanks Tennessee. The question: of What happened to the Titans? The headline he went with: Corned Beef Nashville. This one was an uncomfortable miss for me because he knows I love food puns, and it's probably where he went. I just mentioned that. But Nashville, other than Nash rhyming with hash, really has nothing to do with corned beef hash. Like I don't think anybody's gone to Nashville and been like, you know what you really have to have there, the corned beef hash. So that part was a little rough. He really just emphasized the Nash too much. Nashville, known for country music. The Titans lost big. I would have went with a playoff of Nelly's Country Grammar with Country Hammered. Your thoughts, folks.
0: I wouldn't have followed you to Nelly. I might have done something with Joe Burrow's name, like Burrowed somehow in there. But okay. I also to, to, to go back, yeah, to go back to the to the to the original. I liked corned beef Nashville. Um, oh. Like I I don't I don't need Nashville to be the corned beef hash capital of the world. Just the fact that Nash and hash rhyme, I'm okay with corned beef Nashville. Now is it a is it a full on swing? Is it a home run? Um, no, but is it like a good, crisp single? I think so. Okay, I went miss. That was my second miss. I only picked two misses, but Bogues is given a crisp single today, which means
3: the game might have four swings on the week from Bogues. He definitely has three for me, so that was a miss.
2: The pitch, swing, and a miss, and he went down to his knees swinging at that pitch.
3: Now let's get into the swings. Um,. I'm going to end with my favorite two. So I'm going to go with number three here on my swings. Although I think this is pretty good too. Tony La Russa gets hired Friday to manage the White Sox. Can La Russa still manage? DA goes with, let's talk about socks. I love this. I, I love it, Bogues. Like the song, let's talk about sex. I'm following Bogues. I'm following DA's era of music here that he's trying to play off with. We're talking about the white socks. It's it's funny. It makes you laugh if you really eases into the conversation. Let's talk about socks. I thought was a double right off the wall for me.
0: See, this one is good, but I have to admit that it's a it's a little obvious. Like this is to me, if I was sitting down coming up with a topic for this segment, like that's the first one I would have thought of and got, nah, that's been done before. Let me think of another one. And of course, as DA would prefer have another one. I don't have another one. I probably would have. It probably would have ended up being something completely insensitive to Larusa being old, because I still can't believe that he's seventy, whatever, hasn't managed in nine years. And the White Sox are like, you know, what we should do. We should hire Tony Larusa. Um, so let's talk about socks. I get it. It made me chuckle, but I feel like if I was doing it personally, I might have moved off of that one, thinking it was a little too obvious. Wow.
3: Okay. So I mean, you're differing a little bit. I went solid double. Bogues went, eh, check swing.
2: The pitch, swing and a miss, and he went down to his knees swinging at that pitch.
3: All right, now, the two for me that are bad flips, Bogues, and I don't know how you feel about these. I thought they're great. I really did. Uh, Monday's show, should we give the Bills credit, Friends in Low Places like the playoff of Buffalo. Now, Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks, one of the greatest songs of all time, one of my favorite songs of all time. And I thought this was so off the wall from anything usually Buffalo-oriented. When I didn't go with a chicken wing reference or anything like that. Friends in low places highlighting the low in Buffalo. And Buffalo kind of
0: having an iffy win. I thought this was an unbelievable bad flip. I love this headline. I have to admit, I, I, I like it. It makes a ton of sense. I completely missed it when I first read it on Monday. I, I did not get, and this is completely on me, not on DA, I didn't understand what the low was from, and here's where my Bills mind takes me when I saw that, I my, the first thing I thought of was not Buffalo, it was J.P. Lossman. Like, that's oh. where my, at Monday morning early, a bad night of sleep, that's how my brain triggered from seeing that to, what I was like, what is that low, J.P. Lossman, what does it have to do with the Bills and the Patriots? Wow. So... Once, like my mind unfroze and untangled, then it made complete sense. But I looked like an idiot. Like I looked like Carlos Beltran watching Adam Wainwright's curveball to end that LCS. Like I was completely frozen and overwhelmed by this head- this headline from DA.
3: How about that? I called a bad flip. Bogues admits he's overwhelmed. That's a swing.
2: The pitch, swing, and a miss. And he went down to his knees swinging at that pitch.
3: And now we gotta end with. I let DA ended on a great note on Tuesday. This is the headline that made me realize we definitely, definitely have to do swinger and miss on this week's PGP. Is Tampa Bay still a Super Bowl pick after their win over the New York Giants on Monday night? He went with, and, and is a reason that I love this one, he went with Buck, Buck, Coos. Now, we talked, and this has been a theme with Swing or Miss. How many of these Tampa puns and do you run out of them, right? We've had stupid pirate ones. We've had, you know, Tampa expertise. This goes back to the lightning run with Canadian bacon bogish. But going with a buck buck goose, I thought completely was off the wall and so kooky that I hysterically laughed. And I thought it was at least a three-run
0: homer bad flip for me to win a game. This might be better than fourth and winces. I go back Whoa! and forth. I mean, so at at worst, this is the third best one that Da has had, at least in my power rankings. There's no disputing this one. I mean, this is a no doubter. This is, Giancarlo Stanton, 500 feet in San Diego. I mean, this this is this is a full on swing, full contact, max exit velo. This is a home run. Buck Buck Goose could have never gotten that one on my own um that's just near perfection from d.a
2: the pitch swing and a miss and he went down to his knees swinging at that pitch
3: so remember if you like any of these headlines watch the show every day twitch.tv slash cbs sports radio buck buck goose is kind of the good you can get there that's a major swing play along with those headlines if you like any if you don't like any send them our way on twitter we're going to get to this again in a couple weeks bogus your twitter handle
0: Andrew Bogish.
3: And me at Moraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. All right.
0: All right, S- ma'am. Smell you later. Later. Bye, Pete. Bye, Petey. All right. <laughs>